1: And the Bulldog. Uh Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Monday, Tuesday, hump day is halfway. It's Mike Shope. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? (laughs) And the Bulldog. Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Guess what today is. It's hump day Woo-hoo! on WGR hump day. Sports Radio 550.
2: All right, indeed, up and Adam on a Wednesday. Glad to have you with us here on WGR. I am the Bulldog. Mike show continues to enjoy some time off. And this Wednesday brings us Sal Capaccio co-hosting the show today, which I'm excited about, a chance to kind of really stretch out with Sal and assess this Bills off season uh, that's really just starting here. Free agency is still a little ways off, but we just heard Zach talking about the combine. Sal's going to be at that, and that probably will be the the next opportunity. Certainly, it's only a week away to hear from any of the Bills brass here. Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, the GM and head coach, usually speak at that event, so Sal will be there to cover that and other things as well. Sal, good afternoon. How are you today? Doing great, Bulldog. Hopefully, you're doing
0: well. I think it's been a little while since we've been together. Uh, it's happened I maybe once, uh, a few, maybe a month ago, a couple months ago, maybe. Can't remember exactly when, but more infrequent these days. Yep. Now that I'm on normally ten to twelve. Right. Right. But it's always, it's always fun for me. It's always good, and I always look forward to these to these visits with you. If we can, we can spend some time in kind of not just have our normal
2: football segment if you will, you know what I mean? Right, good deal, yeah for sure, exactly, other stuff too but certainly football uh, will be the focus, it is a a hockey night here we've got Sabres pregame a few hours down the line here with Paul Hamilton and we'll get you ready for the Sabres and the Canadiens tonight, but I I love that the Combine is coming up we've got Joe Marino from the Draft Network coming up with us at 4 o'clock today excited about that, Uh, touch base with him, I know he's somewhat been a regular on the morning show, but his visits with thus on the afternoon show have been Somewhat infrequent because of that. Um, so glad to get Joe's take on things as we uh, get cranked up. But I, I, I noticed it was kind of funny. I saw that Chris Trapasso was on with the Morning Guys today, and he's become a somewhat regular guy for us at this time of the year. I think starting next week, we're going to have Chris on for a weekly visit. CBS dot uh, com draft analyst and young player in the league analyst. Uh, so we sort of we switched we switched draft analysts for the shows today. I guess as it. Turns Turned out, I, I really wanted with you today. Wait, I, I think
0: this is more of a I think this is some sort of, like, you're, you You want to fight with Jeremy. That's what it is. You no. guys want to fight about guests. No. Take each other away. Like, no, we, that Joe is ours. Chris, you, Chris Joe, th- this is what this is all about. You're upset. <laughs> you, you, you guys, you're you're fighting and this is what you do when you No, no. You, you want to claim. This is like claiming your territory, essentially.
2: You, you, this is like a passive-aggressive move, you think, by, by us booking <laughs> Joe Marino. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure that booking, he's booking Chris. still doing a regular thing on Wednesdays I, I I I think he is I hope he is because he's excellent um but yeah no you're right I'm I'm trying to pr- I'm protecting uh, Trapasso I'm 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 putting I'm putting barbed <laughs> wire right. around Trapasso we let you in this morning but just beware he's ours don't be messing with it so anyway um I know when we spoke on Monday uh, I had texted you ahead of time Uh, that I wanted to get into the Bills' own free agents. I mean, we're still a couple of weeks away from free agency and the new league year and all that. And between now and then, I'm pretty sure there'll be a lot done here. So the Bills have got at least some money uh, to re-sign guys of their own and go out into the market, however modest uh, that will be for them. Uh, But there's a lot that's going to happen. And we never got to it on Monday because we started talking about your your offseason positional analysis, which began with, I think, quarterbacks and then running backs. And we've got wide receivers today, and we will certainly get to plenty of that. There's going to be a lot of wide receiver talk between now and the draft. I think you can count on that. But looking at the, like the bills, they've got a, a lengthy list. And I don't know, Sal, like other years, I feel like a couple of years ago, we were really worried about Matt Milano uh, and and others. But Milano was probably the headliner. Last year... Tremaine Edmonds was a big free agent. I don't know that a lot of Bills fans, I certainly didn't lose any sleep over whether or not they were going to be able to keep him because I just did not think there was any way that they were going to be able to. Whereas Milano, I think that, you know a couple of years before that, or even just the year before that, whenever it was, I kind of had my fingers crossed, like maybe they can find a way to keep Matt Milano, and they did, and I was relieved about that. Edmonds was not that stressful. I recognize he was an important player for them, but I just thought market-wise there was no way. So that it didn't feel that stressful last year. This year there's not a Tremaine Edmonds on the list of guys, but there's a lot of important guys here, rotational players on the defensive line, maybe headlined, in my opinion, by Daquan Jones and A.J. Epinesa. Um, So there's more volume to me than there is like guys that I'm going to be heartbroken about losing.
0: I don't disagree with that. I mean, there's a lot of free agents, 22 total, I think, uh, pending unrestricted. Then you have Quentin Morris in there as well as a restricted free agent. But, yeah, the UFAs mostly fall on the defensive side of the ball. It is interesting to look at the offense. Now, people know I have a color-coded chart, and if you go to my Twitter feed at South Sports, you find it's not pinned right now, but if you find it, um, it's, it's funny to look at it. And I bring it up because... On the defensive side, they're just loaded. One, two, three, four, five, six. Let me see. Seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 on the defensive side. Five, and then seven on the offensive side. That's it. That's crazy, right? Bulldog 14 mm-hmm. on defense, seven on offense. And what's striking is if you look at the offensive side, the ones I have in blue, it's nobody at the top of the chart. I have like a loose depth chart essentially. Mm hmm. It's nobody. There's not not anybody at the one line, even on defense, to be honest with you, but you could kind of debate a few guys and where they're ranked there. Um, so really, on offense, you're not the only true like guy you'd want to think about, I think, when we talk about this is Gabe Davis, who's been such a contributor that what would happen. The other guys, we can talk about depth roles. On defense, it's different. Daquan Jones has been a very solid contributor. Leonard Floyd, obviously, with the year he had. A.J. Epinesa. And then there's Micah Hyde, of course, right? Dane Jackson, Tyrell Dodson for what he did. These are names that even though they're not at the top of the chart like a Tremaine Edmonds would have been last year necessarily have a five-year starter, they're guys that play big roles. And there's a lot of guys here. So it is the volume. I agree with that. And although you don't have that one headliner like we may have had with Edmonds, a former first-round pick, played five years in the organization, made a couple Pro Bowls. I think you do have some real quality players on this list overall.
2: Yeah. And guys that qualify. Well, I mean, like, even though Gabe Davis isn't the top of the depth chart at wide receiver. I mean, he's a, he's a starter. He he's on the field. He's on the field more than any other receiver on the team. Like, you know, something like over 90% of the snaps. So that's a whole, he sort of qualifies to me as, you know, obviously he's been, he's mattered to them. Um, He sort of falls into the Edmonds camp to me, like where I'm looking at the player going, yeah, you know, you've been awesome. I've liked having you here, but the market is probably going to tie my hands or tie the Bills' hands. Like To me, there's no way that I can see the Bills being able to afford Davis unless he takes, I don't know, like half of what he might find out on the open market. I mean, what what do you think his marketplace will end up being? Higher than what the
0: bills can pay. That's what I would say. Right, um, right, You know, I just think of last year, bulldog. The two, the top guys got 11 million. Jacoby Myers, Juju Smith-Schuster. I think DeAndre Hopkins might have come in higher than that later. Exactly the same. And Beckham, I think, did
2: too eventually. But yeah,
0: right. But when you when free agency opened and teams were just doing that initial shopping, that initial free agency window, there, um, it was Juju and it was Jacoby Myers, and they went for 11 million a year, and. I don't think that's extravagant. I also don't think they're top-of-the-line players, to be honest with you. They're nice players, and Juju had a nice little career. He actually was on his third team last year. this year. He he was free agent a couple times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jacoby Myers going from New England to the Raiders, nice player. But I think then, so so I guess the way I look at it is, if he would have been with that group, he would have been probably about a similar guy than those guys. I think he would have maybe been a notch below. That's about it. So if you're talking last year, what, maybe 10, 9, 10? a little bit of inflation here, I think you're probably looking at upwards of $10, $11 million here. That's probably the marketplace for him. So that, to me, is too rich for my blood. I think it's too rich for the Buffalo Bills' blood. And Gabe Davis has every right to go out and get that money, and he should. He's going to have a finite time to make the, that kind of money in this league. Now, it's not extravagant. That is not $20 million a year. No. You know, you 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 are you have some wide receivers who are making that. But I think the floor for him is probably ten. And you're probably looking at maybe there could be a team out there that would go as high as like 15. I think you're probably looking somewhere in there. I'd be stunned if he had to settle for something less than that. But I'll be honest with you, I thought that Jordan Poyer would get more than he did last year, and he came back to the Bills because he couldn't get what he wanted. Different situation, older player, I get it. But sometimes those things happen.
2: Yeah, I was listening to Chris Brown and Steve Tasker. They had former NFL GM, now writer for The Athletic, Randy Mueller on. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, And Brownie made this point about... Poyer specifically, and, and maybe it pertains, I, I need to look at the list of wide receiver free agents maybe a little more deeply than I have to fill this all the way out, but it, you know, po- what happened to Poyer last year is that there were, I don't know, just this glut of safeties available on the open market, and the way Chris talked about it today, I heard him, and I've heard him say this in the past, the only one who really got paid was Bates who went from Mm -hmm. the Bengals to Atlanta, I think. And everybody else just sort of, you know, maybe maybe safety is becoming the defensive running back. I I don't know. Like, just nobody wants to invest big, big money in it. Um, You know, unless you're talking about some freaky hybrid like Hamilton coming out and with Baltimore, like, maybe he'll he'll bust the bank when he becomes a free agent, but we'll see. But as far as, like, guys that are more just sort of of middle-of-the-pack type players hitting the market... Maybe teams are just inclined to sort of wait it out and sign guys to more, bar, you know, team-friendly deals. I
0: agree with that, and it could wind up happening. I think safety is actually another area this year where that could happen again. We'll see. Uh, maybe you know, you look at some of the names, or some nice names on there, but it doesn't seem like that's a, a really explosion-type area as far as the money is concerned. What what I do think could, would hurt Gabe this year, obviously, is it's such a good draft class mm-hmm. for wide receivers, right? We are told constantly and all the time, we know that. Like, teams can wait. <clears throat> Excuse me. They don't have to go out and sign a Gabe Davis. Even if you think of a, a Mike Evans, a T. Higgins. Yes, yeah, those are nice guys. But what if a team feels, you know what? We can get a guy in a rookie contract that we feel really good about over the, in the first or second round, and to come in here and do it for so much less of the price for the next four years. And I wonder, and now, I think Higgins will get his money, Evans will get his money, but that probably impacts guys like Davis more than anyone, right? Guys who are in Mm -hmm, that next mm -hmm. tier, the tier after that, which is do I really need to spend the money because I have it or can I just get somebody? Now, there's going to be teams that have a lot of money, so it's not going to be as much of a deal to them. Hey, we'll pay him. We'll pay him some up front. If we have to get get out of it a couple years, it doesn't preclude us from drafting anybody. And I think that's why he'll still get that market that I talk about, even though you can look at the receiver clash. You could say we can wait if we want. We don't have to do it. There's always going to be teams that have some money, who can figure out? You know what? We can do it. It's okay if it doesn't work out. We have other ways to go about this. It's not going to cripple us as far as the salary cap is concerned.
2: I would. I definitely would fall into the let me draft a let me draft a guy rather than pay, um, you know, a player like Gabriel Davis but somewhere between ten and fifteen million dollars a year. Uh, I think. Um, but there is a risk there you know like you're like and maybe we're going to maybe we're going to you know mess around and find out in buffalo because like i i i would rather pay um uh, you know a first or second round rookie whatever you know whatever that contract is than even give gabe davis i don 't even know like under ten million i i just I, I need a different i think the offense needs different juice than what he provides, and that 's not to just completely ignore what he provides, but I feel like their passing game kind of has gotten locked up, so a more well rounded player perhaps with um, you know more you know gabe is not lacking for stretch the field ability, but there 's not a versatility really to his game, at least the way the bills have used him so I want to pay a, a kid. I want a rookie, but the risk there is like, do you, you know, do you get the right one? Do you get Zay Flowers or do you get Quentin Johnston? And yep. you know, you're in a you're in a window here where you're trying to, you know, you're still trying to win. So the stakes are high, and there's there is some gambling involved there.
0: One hundred percent agree with everything you said, and as you're walking through it and you're talking about it and. You say you'd rather have that guy. I don't disagree. I would, too. It's It just seems like the more prudent way to go. It's the smarter way to go to build your roster. You have a guy and a quarterback on this super huge contract now, and you're going to have to kind of fill out a little bit more with a little cheaper labor along the way, and you're going to have to pick and choose who you want to pay that are veterans that are you know on these expiring contracts, and look at these wide receivers who have come in and have done an amazing job. And obviously Justin Jefferson's kind of like you know the Holy Grail out there to hold up <laughs> or something like that. But even guys like you know T. Higgins, who came in in the second round, who's going to be a free agent, make money, and Michael Pittman Jr., guys who are coming off expiring contracts, who were just drafted a few years ago, guys like Zay Flowers, who you just mentioned a moment ago. Um, I don't know, J- Jalen Waddle, right? I mean, you can. Yeah. I think there's more of a hit rate at wide receivers early on, but not a hundred percent. So that's exactly right. And to me, as you're talking about, I'm thinking exactly what you said, which is, that's fine. But if you draft a guy and he doesn't work out. You're taking two steps back in your offense, not one, right? because now you got to wait for that guy to develop, and you didn't replace the other guy that you let walk out the door. Let's at least think about even the Bills. Now, this is not first or second round. I understand that. It's taken Khalil Shakir a year and a half to really kind of blossom here, right? And now, finally, Mm -hmm. he's doing that. They've also thrown darts at other players that just didn't work out. Isaiah Hodgins being one of them. Um, whatever. There's been a few. And you could say, well, that's all because they didn't draft one high. And I totally understand that, and that's probably right. And if they draft one high, then you have a much better chance. But you know what? You could always get, as you said, the Quentin Johnson. I mean, what is, is Rashad Bateman, like a guy that you right. say, yeah, that was a really great... I don't think so. He's nice. He's done some nice things. There's guys in here that just didn't do anything drafted in the first or second round. You better get the right guy and the Bills and the as you say, the window they're in can't afford to not have the right guy if they play it that way.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I, I had a guy call us yesterday uh, while Nate was in for Mike, who like pointed out the pointed at the Packers. Like, look, look at the Packers. Like, they went as far as the Bills did. Okay, fact. Um, and the receiver room was all first or second year guys. Also a fact irrefutable and they they had a good year their offense really sort of grew as the year went on and those receivers you know got better and better and Jordan Love progressed and like they looked Like all set now, but going into the year, like yes, they had a young quarterback they were replacing Aaron Rodgers with. I don't know what their expectations were, but you know they they struck gold. You'd you'd love to have that be your receiver room. Everybody's on rookie contracts, right? And and they're productive and it's working. And this caller's idea was like trade trade what you can, release digs, maneuver around, and just put give me four rookies. And I'm like, okay, like you might hit on two of them, you might hit on none of them, and your expectation is to be a Super Bowl contender again, not mm-hmm. sort of starting over from square one with a new starting quarterback. I mean, we're just it's a very different situation.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and you're right. Like, this kind of found gold, right, for them. I mean, they they man, to be in that position last year was such a oh my god, look what the Packers have done. They became a darling story because of it. The Bills don't have that luxury. The Bills. We hear their windows closing, cl- closing, not opening, right? The Packers are opening. They can afford to do something like that. That's not the case here in Buffalo. Um, the Bills aren't going to do that. We know that what, what I mean is not do that. They're not going to strip it down and start over all over the place. Now, they may have to do that at wide receiver a little bit. It, there is some room here. But I think what they're going to do is try to find some guys who can come in at cheaper contracts mm-hmm. who they feel just haven't had the right situation or environment to thrive. And then I think that they'll probably draft higher than normal than they have at wide receiver. So through free agency, that's going to be, again, and I know people are going to say, come on, did try that last year. I get it. Deontay Hardy, Trent Sherfield. it doesn't have to be them because, you know, they're on the team, or at least Trent, Shur- Trent Shurfield's going to be a free agent. Deontay Hardy is. But that was the thought, right? Get guys in here who, let's see what we can do. Let's see if we can get them. Then you take a flyer on a Justin Shorter, but that's a fifth-round draft pick. But here's a clue. They signed K.J. Hamler. As soon as the season was over, to a future reserve deal. I don't. I'm not telling you KJ Hamler is even going to make this team. He may be cut when it comes time mm-hmm. for training camp. I have no idea. But that signaled to me right away, Bulldog. They are targeting and looking for something to change that room, right. and they're going to try to turn over every rock they can, knowing that they don't have much money to do it.
2: Yeah, I, I don't. I, I will not. It'll be very – I'll be a hard sell on getting optimistic about Hamler, at least between now and August. Right. Okay? But I appreciate the effort. Like, the methodology is, you know, it's scratch and dent sale is is what it is. And that's where you have to live, I think. Not – exclusively, but it makes sense to shop there if you're in the cap situation that the Bills are in. Because, like, what, you know, what's the upside there? If K.J. Hamler at all resembles the guy that he was when he showed up in the NFL and now he's healthy and can stay healthy, then you, you just bought really low and really smart. And if it busts, if he gets, you know, hurt again, just can't stay on the field or has lost it completely, I mean, really, what did you lose? Nothing. Uh, a roster spot is is all he's taking up, so I I I like that kind of idea uh, a lot, and I'm all for, um, you know, if, if this team finds its way to releasing Deontay Hardy and not resigning Sherfield, you want to try two different versions of that again? I, I'm here for that too, um, but I think the key is along with that they have to yes. they have to get their hands on someone who eventually they think can be their number one receiver. And that guy probably has to come from the draft. I mean, I don't think you're finding that in the, in the discount aisle. Agreed with that. But I, I think
0: part of this, too, is it's funny you say number one receiver. That's what they say they still feel about Stephon Diggs. And there's a question about that, right? I mean, I wrote about that today in my, in my article, Previewing the Wide Receivers, and what's happening this offseason, which is, hey, I start out right away by saying, Brandon Bean called him and mm-hmm. said, I still believe he's a number one wideout in the NFL. But there's still questions about that, Bulldog. I mean, he, was, he wasn't that productive toward the end of the year. Khalil Shakir was far more productive, right? Other guys, other guys were. Now, I think Stefan Diggs has put together such a body of work, and I think he's such a hard worker, and he's available, and he's healthy, and all those kinds of things that, to me, it seems like that was probably working through what Joe Brady wants to do, where he fits in the offense, all those kinds of things. So I'm going to believe that he's going to bounce back and be the kind of Stefan Diggs he's been mm-hmm. next year to start the first half of the year. But they have to have in their mind, what if he isn't? And that even is part of this equation because there is a big swing, whether if he is or isn't, on how this room mm-hmm. it looks next year. If he is that true number one and they go out and they try to find these other things, it's, yeah, you know what? And if you can find them and you're going to be in the same position you were and maybe one of these guys hits. If he's not, then you're pretty much completely void and you're relying on one of those rookies, right. guys you find on the scrap heap, to actually take over the number one role. Right. And that is a really tough ask.
2: Right. When I, when I talk about the guy they draft being capable of being a number 1, I'm not necessarily it, it's with right. in mind that Diggs is holding down that role at least for the 24 season if not beyond. Um but you know, we'll see. And you're right, it's not it's not as certain anymore that he still is that guy, but I think what the Bills are likely to do here, what what I would what I'm hoping they do is find his eventual replacement to complement him now, and that that guy can eventually ease into that number one role in a year or two, and hope that Diggs, with the help of a, of a more well rounded receiver and you know just more just more weapons out there, kind of like how Bean and McDermott spoke after the season, right? Ne- needing that for Diggs to support him, that that yeah. works and they get their money's worth because I think. Like I know teams can do whatever they have an appetite to do financially as far as releasing players and eating dead money and all this stuff. I feel like they're kind of boxed in personnel-wise, cap-wise, contract-wise with Diggs and you to me you kind of got to just cross your fingers and hope he still is some reasonable facsimile of the player he's been the past 4 years.
0: No doubt. I agree with that. And but I do I am as I sit here now and think about how the offseason shapes up, I I am confident way more this year than I have been last few years that they will make a concerted effort to attack this position. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like. It could wind up being a first-round pick. It could wind up being maybe they actually spend some money on a free agent that we did not think of, like when they got Von Miller a couple years ago, right? Like, wow, they actually went out and did it. How did they do it? I don't know. Um, creative financing here. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's drafting three out of ten draft picks mm-hmm. or whatever <laughs> they wind up with at the end of the day on wide receiver. I don't, I don't know, but... I think again. I'm going to go back to the KJ Hamler thing. Like just having him come in right away, and then listening to Brandon Bean and saying we need more explosive plays, and we, you know, we we got to get Stephon Diggs more help, and then listening to Sean McDermott say the same thing and talk about player acquisition. I am very much I'm much more confident sitting here today in 2024 than I have been over the last few years that they're going to make. The largest concerted effort they have mm-hmm. since nineteen and John Brown and Cole Beasley and 20 in twenty and trading for Stefan Diggs, and they have at that
2: position I a hundred percent 'm with you and 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 I you know it feels a little bit to me like you remember how Bean sounded after they drafted Kyer Elam in the first round like i heard I heard you you know we it, it, it was obvious corner was like a glaring need were yeah. there other needs, sure, but it looked like the most glaring. I think receiver, even with the defensive line situation that they're in, I still think receiver, because of Josh Allen's presence and how they talked about digs and the offense in general, it it just feels to me like it'll be relatively stunning, I think, if they don't draft a receiver very early, if not you know, even in the first round, Um, a lot to get through. We (laughs) wanted to start prioritizing their free agents and we ended up just talking about receivers, which is fine. It's a, it's a part of this conversation, a big part of the off season sales. Got a lot of information up at WGR 550com These positional breakdowns that we're talking about with receiver. They're also there on quarterback and running back already. And his off season tracker is there. If you're ever wondering like who is on this list of all these free agents, because we don't make a habit of just running them all down but it's a lengthy list. When we get back, I'll I'll, I'll get into, with Sal, like who to prioritize of their own. All right, we're, we're talking about guys to replace Gabriel Davis. How about guys to keep on this team? We'll get into that, and if you fans out there have a favorite idea, Um, amongst the Bills' free agents, like a priority, like one guy. You can keep one guy, even. You want to call in and tell us who that is off of their free agent list, we'd love to hear from you at 803-0550. Joe Marino on the draft at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Other than that, it's going to be us hanging, so feel free to join us. Sal Capaccio is in for Mike Shope. I'm the Bulldog, and you're listening to WGR.